While we're pushing it out of the yeah, mud. I felt like we were like the peasants, like the servants. And we, we got out in the mud. We're like fucking pushing this van. And T-Pain's just sitting there getting high. Smoking. <laughs> <laughs> just like pissed off that he's stuck in the mud. And it's like, get your ass out. You're fucking heavy. Yeah. And like you're adding crew. like 300 pounds to this van. I mean, it, yeah, definitely. The, the weight of the van was the people inside the van. Yeah. To say it nicely. And the funny thing is those ruts are still... They're huge. They're by the pigs. Yeah. I fucking hit them. Like, every time I go check on the pigs... Pissing me off. I almost get, like, whiplash in my neck. You think about T-Pain every time? Yeah. I think about T-Pain just sitting there in the mud, smoking <laughs> weed, while we were working so hard to get him out of there. Welcome to Where Hope Grows, a podcast curated to tell the inspiring stories of land stewards, ranchers, and farmers who are on the front lines of the regenerative revolution. Interweaved with wisdom inspired by Mother Nature, these journeys are testaments to her capacity for healing ourselves, our agricultural systems, and our planet. This is Where Hope Grows. Hey, everyone. This is Taylor Collins, and you are listening to Where Hope Grows. This podcast is brought to life by the support of Force of Nature, Rome Ranch, and of course, the grace and beauty of Mother Nature. Hey, friends. If you're like Katie and I, you are purposely removing yourself from pop culture. We have found that living on this ranch has created both a physical and spiritual force field that buffers us from the theater of mainstream media, the hateful divisiveness of incumbent politics, the obsession people have with social media, and the worshiping of these questionable celebrities who often lack morals and virtue. We tend to observe the dark side of mother culture as a means to be distracted, manipulated, and indoctrinated by those who are composing the mainstream narrative. As we adamantly reject mother culture, we are better able to embrace and reconnect with mother nature, one another, and ourselves. With that being said, what happens when mother culture asks to come visit your ranch? What if the premise of these visits is to help celebrate the powerful potential of regenerative agriculture? What if through inspiring these influencers, they amplify the global movement of soil health and positively influence mother culture? Well, in the right context, Katie and I have opened up our land, our hearts, and our energy systems in the name of regeneration. It's kind of like inviting a complete stranger over to dinner and sometimes their entire posse, but they're filming it and you have to spend an entire day with them. Sometimes this is the perfect setup for two very different worlds colliding. With that being said, today's episode is a collection of hilarious stories that involve famous celebrities, influencers, whatever you want to call them, that we have co-created with in efforts to amplify the work of regenerative agriculture on a global scale. Now, when we reflect on these surreal moments in our lives, we are equally amused, horrified, and hopeful that somewhere, someone who otherwise might never have been introduced to agriculture 
is inspired and the trajectory of their lives are changed. Without further ado, we hope you enjoy these larger than life stories from larger than life figures that have actually factually taken place at Rome Ranch and other regenerative ranches with these influencers and celebrities who at the end of the day are just normal people like you and I. Enjoy the stories. All right, so this is going to be a really fun episode. I wanted to do this one for a while, but I felt like you weren't that excited because you don't love TMZ. Well, I'm not. I just don't like talking about people. But people love celebrity gossip. I know. I just hate gossip. They love celebrity gossip. They love babies and they love kitties. Well, who doesn't love kitties? So this is uh, our version of TMZ, you know, which is like that really high quality news channel. It's not a channel. It's a show. It's a show. And it's all about celebrities. TMZ, we looked it up. It means 30 mile zone. That is so random. It's the 30 mile, 30 mile radius of around LA. Okay. So this is the Rome Ranch TMZ. Yeah. It's the 30 mile radius of the heart and soil of Rome Ranch and all the celebrities and famous people that we've had come out to our ranch that did really weird shit that was funny and memorable. <laughs> And some of them, I don't know, maybe they're going to listen to this, but maybe not. I certainly hope not. But these are good stories and they have to be documented as truth and reality because that they were our truth. Yeah. And they are hilarious stories. So before we get into like stories about celebrities coming to the ranch and doing the craziest shit you've ever heard in your life, um, just to catch up from last time, I feel like we always forget to make this announcement. But in episode number eight, we did that episode. It was called Lessons from the Birds. It was in September 2022. Guess what happened right after that episode? What? You don't, you know what happened. You just aren't spacing out. Some random person dropped off two peacocks. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Someone, I don't know why you would do that after listening to that episode where we talked about murdering peacocks. Torturing them actually before murdering them. That is so funny. But the, th- the I, I mean, I appreciate that they dropped off males because we had females and I mean, they were pretty, but the males are gorgeous. They are. And they're surviving somehow out in the wild and they're not shitting on our porch. My favorite part is that um, whoever dropped them off definitely dropped them off at the address that whenever you type in uh, Rome Ranch, it takes you to this one location that's actually not our house. It, it's it's like where our Airbnb is. So it's perfect because the peacocks, that's where they land. And so that's where they live. They don't come and shit on our porch. They just kind of are over there. Yeah. So that's pretty funny. I think James was the first person. James, our ranch hand, bison ring wrangler, was the first person to see those peacocks. He was hunting one morning and he told us that he thought he saw peacocks. And I was like, dude, there's no, no way you saw way. peacocks. Shut no up, way. James. Maybe you saw the ghost of the two peacocks that were killed here. But. It's just impossible. Peacocks don't run wild and feral in the hill country. They'll for sure find a porch to shit on and they're just not hanging out in the woods. But (laughs) we saw them. Our neighbors have seen them. They're just pull on free range. King of the jungle. So that's one interesting thing that's happened since the last time we checked in. And then really briefly, I'll just touch on after our our bison roundup, which took place in um, uh, January, my truck caught on fire. And burned to the ground. 
in Fort Worth, Texas. Mm-hmm. That sucked. We got to do a whole story on that later. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, my truck firebombed on the highway with 10 bison in a trailer. Luckily, the bison were not injured. It's just the craziest story ever. But so that was very dramatic. And I think a lot of symbolism of fire was happening in our life leading up to this episode. So this episode is going to be fire. It's going to be hot. This episode or that episode? This episode. Oh. Fire. How hot. Yeah. So um, let's let's go into this episode. So here's what I did. I have a hat and I, I wrote people's names on little pieces of paper and they're in my hat. I'm going to shake them. Mm. And then you're going to pull out a name. And then we're going to start the storytelling. I'm super not excited. From that point on, don't peek. (laughs) All right. Uh, This didn't happen at our ranch. No, that was the first one ever. Okay. Oh, my God. I don't know how we're going to do this one. This is, I don't know. It's it's fucked up. I almost feel like we need to call in a. (laughs) No, no, we have to do it. Okay, so let me tell you about this guy. Who? What does the what's the card say? Danny Co. Okay, Danny Co. He is an American direct decorator, an author. He is what he calls himself an eco friendliness advocate. I like how you like looked up like his bio. Like somebody wrote out an American <laughs> decorator. Every, I had the to add some that? context for people that aren't super into pop culture, just like us. If I was listening to this, I'd be like, who the fuck's Danny CEO? So um, he is a lifestyle environment expert. I like how people just make up all these words about who they are. You can say whatever the fuck you want about yourself. Uh, And then most, uh, I'd say this is like the prominent feature. He is the editor in chief. He started a magazine called Naturally Danny CEO Magazine. And he's also done some television shows or written some books. He's, and he has even products distributed at like TJ Maxx. So TJ Maxx. Yeah. What the? I know. Come on. Let's just stay focused. So Danny CEO is um nice guy. He's a really friendly guy. And this is so our PR firm um, at the time, they Danny CEO wanted to write a story on regenerative agriculture. And this was like in 2000 and. Forever ago. 15, 16. I mean, it was like, this is kind of cutting edge, groundbreaking. And Danny Seo is a vegan and he's like, wants to do this in his magazine, which is probably distributed mostly in LA and like all these vegan stores and restaurants. And it's like a very much like a lifestyle environmental brand magazine. And so we get Danny Seo. We didn't own Rome Ranch yet. And so we convinced him to go out to White Oak Pastures with us. And so... Danny Seo is like, if you imagine a New York boy to the <laughs> T, like a, a young, very clean lad just spends a lot of time in the morning getting ready and prepared at least two hours. Like every hair on his head is specifically placed in one intentional part on his whole head. And he shaves every morning, maybe even in the evening time. And his favorite color is... I, you are being so stereotypical. <laughs> What's his favorite color? What is, I'm asking you what I his would favorite. assume white. Yes. Okay. That's what I was going for. Yeah. White. For sure white. And so, and so like, we're going to go out to this ranch in Southern Georgia, White Oak Pastures, you know, Will Harris, it's a multi-generation regenerative ranch. These guys are like doing it bigger and better than everyone else. And Will Harris and his daughters, Jenny and Amber, they also just keep it super real. They're very, they're not polished. They're super Southern. 
Um, and so it's just going to be like this clash of two worlds, which we get to be first, uh, like front row. We get to like watch this thing unravel. And so when we get to White Oak Pastures, there's definitely like a culture shock for Danny because he shows up and he's wearing all white, white jeans, white shoes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and and he's just like, and I'm pretty. I mean, White Oak Pastures always gets rain, so it's always muddy. So there's literally nowhere to step without getting your white clothing, shoes, socks, pants, shirt. Yes. Dirty. And, and I like Danny. He was like a chipper, chippery, kind of like upbeat, happy-go-lucky guy, like no care in the world. But he was for sure out of his comfort zone the second that we left Atlanta and then headed south. I don't know about no care in the world. I mean, he 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 cares about the cleanliness of his clothing. Yeah, but you know, he didn't he didn't ever think about what a farm would entail, a farm visit, and so he was for sure not dressed appropriately and I think the moment that we got there and we met Will that that definitely was like uh oh, there's probably going to be some conflict. Yeah. And 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 he was a nice guy. I like Danny Co. I'm not saying anything bad about his character. This was just a funny story. And so like the whole time we're touring this uh, this farm and learning about regenerative agriculture. And we're talking about what we're doing with it through our brand Epic at the time. And Danny CEO is like really uncomfortable. He's just like, Oh, there's bugs. He's freaking out about mosquitoes. He's like so upset that his white shoes have a speck of black dirt on them. He doesn't want to get out of the vehicle. He's just not very engaged. Um, but I do remember I was wearing some really cool jeans and he really liked my jeans. Oh, did you feel very validated? I, I, I felt, feel like you went through like a I phase. Felt seen. Yeah, I feel like you went through a phase where you actually had like really, you were buying really nice yeah. jeans. I was wearing uh, double RL mm -hmm. jeans and he was like, He's you're like, my Damn. boy. And so Danny CO and I kind of get down with jeans, but I don't wear white jeans like him. And so here's where, here's the story. This is like, this blows my mind that this actually happened. So we, so as you know, White Oak Pastures has a, restaurant on site and we're going out there for dinner that night well first of all i mean when you're at white oak pastures you're three hours away from a whole foods easily three hours away and if you have any dietary restrictions you should pack a fucking bag you go to the store and you bring your needs with you you don't show up and expect people to accommodate in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that even that story reigns true. Even even if like you're going to your family's house for Thanksgiving and you have a special diet or you don't, you know, you don't want to eat some bullshit conventional food saturated with nasty oils. Yeah. You bring your own food. Yeah. You if prepare. you're particular about it. You prepare. Yeah. You got to always be ready. And so, um, so we get there for dinner. And of course, like we're on this regenerative ranch where they have like 11 different species of animals. And so the restaurant's serving out like the most incredible food you could ever imagine, but it was all animal. It's all animal based. It was like the most delicious meat ever. And Danny was like, um, so this isn't going to work for me. I am vegan. <laughs> and what can I, what, what can you guys prepare me at the restaurant? And Will Harris <laughs> lost his shit. <laughs> And I don't know what it is like he's Will's a smart guy, but I've even noticed this with other older smart guys, like maybe people over 60 years old, where they refuse to say the word vegan right. 
Vegan? Is that how he said it? <laughs> yeah. Vegan. Vegan. Like he's like there's an A instead of an A. He's so smart, but he just has such a like I don't care attitude about your little plant based diet that I'm not going to even try to say, say it right. <laughs> and so Will got so pissed off and just said the most horrifying thing. I didn't know if we were ever going to be able to move past this. I didn't think it was horrifying. That was As amazing. a group. I was, I, was, I, was, I was shocked that he was able to just come up with it just right off, off the bat. Well, I feel like you have to say it because I can't say it. Well, I can't say it. We'll I just say it like, and then we'll kind of like, uh, we'll edit out. We'll make it a little bit more user friendly in case children are listening. Okay. So if I recall the conversa- how the conversation went, it, no quotes, but, you know, Danny says like, hey. Um, this isn't going to work for me. I need, um, something that doesn't have animals in it. And, uh, and Will, Will told him, um, something about a kangaroo. I'm going to, we're going to have to rework. It was like an insult to Will's soul. Yeah. Like you could see his affect changed immediately. And it was like fight or flight, fight. His adrenaline kicked on. He was definitely in fight mode. I don't recall how the actual like structure of his sentence went, but it was something along the lines of, well, how about I come over to your house and I request some kangaroo pussy? Would you serve me kangaroo pussy? That's my diet. (laughs) And Danny Sia was like, what? He's like, what the fuck? I am so uncomfortable right now. What is this man saying? Um, and yeah, I guess like that was pretty much the gist of it. But what he was saying was like, Hey, if I ate some random shit that only I could source, which was like kangaroo vulva, that's what you should have said. (laughs) Then, then like, I'm going to go and I'm going to travel to your house with my kangaroo vulva. I'm not going to assume that you have a refrigerator full of it. Correct. And, and he's right. And he's right. But Danny did not like that. I mean, this dude is like. Uh, used to the red carpet treatment, used to going out to like all plant-based uh, dining establishments and for sure slamming some Beyond Meat sponsored, probably. See, now you're just making okay. shit up. Just making shit up. <laughs> Anyways, that 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 was pretty hilarious story. Just that somebody would be so frank and uh, unrefined. I just hope that at any time you meet somebody who's vegan that you ask them if they like kangaroo pussy. <laughs> it's definitely not vegan. Well, it's not meat. But that's the story. Maybe the moral is whenever you go somewhere, bring your own food if you bring have your a own kangaroo. special diet. And if someone insults you by trying to eat uh, plant-based food in front of you, just bring out the kangaroo vulva. Okay, <laughs> so Katie's going back to the hat. I'm like not excited about pulling these out. That was a good opener because that wasn't even at our ranch. Oh. Oh my gosh. I love this next person. All right. So the next person we drew was Zach Bush. Zach Bush is the sweetest, most amazing soul. He's like my hero. So we're not going to, obviously, we're not trying to poke fun or, or make fun of people. We're just telling stories that happened that were ridiculous. No. So Zach Bush um, is, well, you can get, read his official bio. Yeah. Zach Bush, he, he's a physician specializing in internal medicine, endocrinology and hospice care, internationally recognized educator, thought leader on the microbiome as it relates to disease and food systems, 
He's also the co-founder of Farmers Footprint, which we do a lot of work with. They're an amazing group that highlights farmers and ranchers practicing regenerative soil building methods. And then he's also the founder of Ion Biome and the journey of intrinsic health. And so Zach came out here uh, last spring. He headlined at our conference, our first annual What Good Shall I Do conference. Yeah. And the reason why he even uh, came to our conference, the reason we even had a conference was because we were like in this Zach Bush obsession, a series of our lives. And we were listening to like every single podcast you ever recorded, everything he's ever written, everything he's ever said. And we were like, this guy is insane. We have to have him out here. What, how are we going to get him out here? Oh, I guess we're going to host a conference and he's going to be the headliner. Yeah. And so this guy is just something else. So unbelievable. Y'all have to, y'all have to learn all the things from him. Yeah. He, we've featured him on the podcast already from that conference that we hosted. And I just, I just adore him. I think he's really special in the sense that like, I think everybody has a gift. Um, and some people don't realize their gift fully, but his gift is like, he, he can, he can speak and articulate the call of nature more than anyone else and, and understand our place as human beings in a greater ecosystem. He can like articulate the most complex ideas and break it down. So Zach comes out to the ranch and in between days at the conference, this whole group with the farmer's footprint, they, they want to do like a, a ranch tour. And so yeah, like, of course, man. And Zach Bush is also plant-based, which is, man, we're like starting out with all these plant-based eaters. Um, and so Zach is plant-based, but he's been at this conference and I feel like he's really starting to see animals differently as far as like he recognizes the importance of them in the ecosystem and he's like the biggest champion first and foremost of how sacred animals are and positive animal impact but i think like both you and i are like he's gonna eat meat at this conference and i was convinced he it, like something shifted in his brain um but that that didn't happen but what did happen during this ranch tour was we got out into this cover crop field which is like beautiful cool season cover crops blooming everywhere it's just like such a gorgeous sight and the bison are grazing and everyone is like pulling out their phones and taking pictures of the bison and we're giving a tour and talking about how we manage the herd and then i turn I, we turn around because we're like where did zach go <laughs> and you remember what he was doing um he was on all fours if i recall um hands in, hands in the soil knees on the on the ground taking a bite of maybe some clover i think he was eating peas yeah some, Sweet peas? some austrian winter peas mm -hmm. he he was grazing like a bison he was grazing he was like becoming one with the bison yeah i think he like really fully wanted to feel the energy of what that bison felt in the field yeah that it recognizes as at home with all that biodiversity and austrian winter peas are edible they and, certainly are. And our sweet scout, our daughter, loves eating them. But and so did Zach Bush. Zach Bush, he gets so real. And the fact that, I guess he has that campaign that's like, um, what does he call Breathe it? Breathe in your biome. Breathe in your biome. And he's living that to the fullest capacity. Because he not only was breathing in his biome, he was on his hands and knees eating his biome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was amazing. Which I just love him. I mean, mad respect to, to Dr. Zach Bush. Yeah, he's incredible. He yeah, and just seeing him do that was for me 
just like such an elevated experience. Someone who wanted to connect in an even deeper and more meaningful way to the land. I feel like after that, you were like, ah, he fucking one upped me at my own ranch. I have to do that now. Yeah. And now sometimes I see Taylor in the pasture eating like a bison. I've done some weird things out in the pasture. Probably weirder than that one. Uh Uh-huh. But you weren't around for some of those. I have binoculars. No. Zach Bush wasn't tanning his ABC out in the pasture. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. New person. Okay. So the moral of that story is if you are going to be specializing in the microbiome and talking about the connectedness of the earth and our human health and the inseparable nature of the two, I, I, I think it's good to just eat from the land. Like people used to eat soil, like kids put soil in their mouth. And that's like some kind of intrinsic wisdom. I don't think they'll put dirt in their mouth, but like thriving soil, there's something with kids that they just get all over their fucking face and in their mouth. And they really are just becoming one with the microbiome that is their environment. And so that, that to me is like, after he did that, I really was inspired to eat more from the land. Mm-hmm. Like every day I was like, okay, I'm going to find either a mulberry or persimmon berry or a prickly pear cactus or clover. And I'm going to eat it every day. Hmm. And look at me now. Look at you. Just golly. <laughs> okay. So here is the next one. Katie's going back to the hat. Hey, are you selecting? No. All right. Oh my gosh. T-Pain. T-Pain. I don't know. Is that his real name? Is that, is that his uh, birth birth name? His birth name is Fahim Rashad Najam. But he also goes by Teddy Bear. Teddy Bear. Because he kind of is a teddy bear. Very much. He's a he's a big fluffy guy. Um, so for those of you who don't know who T-Pain is, he's he's an American rapper. I love that they put American just at the beginning of the American decorator. I don't American know why. rapper. Yeah. American physician. He's very nationalist. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a songwriter, a record producer. He is the guy that popularized the auto-tune pitch correction effect. You know which one I'm talking about? He like made that mainstream now that everybody does that. Which, what does that sound like? The auto-tune. I, I can't. It's like. Is it the stuff that your brother does? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's his some of his hit songs include I'm Sprung. Classy. I'm in love with a stripper. Extra classy. Buy you a drink. Hyper classy. And so um, so T-Pain came out to the ranch and he came out because he amongst many other, um, I guess, endeavors and uh, passion projects of his. He had a TV show on Fuse TV called T-Pain School of Business. And he would like in this show, he would traverse around the United States meeting entrepreneurs and then giving them like um, advice. And so I remember when first of all, when T-Pain's team reached out to us at the ranch, we were like, nope, not doing it. (laughs) Not interested. (laughs) And they were so um, they were so persistent. They were very persistent. And they're just like, please get on the phone with us. Please Please, just take a phone call. So we were like, fine. So we took a phone call and it was like T-Pain's producer and she was legit. Yeah. Like she was actually super into it. And she was like, we got to, we got to educate people about what yeah. this is. And it was cool. She was like, she on, was excited. On this episode, we are doing like, we're looking at agriculture and we're, and we're, we're like looking at three different entrepreneurs doing three different things to solve 
the problems of agriculture. And so one of them was like plant-based meat. Beans, maybe. The other one was like maybe cellular laboratory meat. And then the other one was regenerative agriculture. And she was like, we want you guys to represent and to talk about regenerative agriculture. It's really important. We're going to make sure that this is like the last part of that story. And it smokes everyone else, like all the false profits, all the false promises of using technology to correct the problems that we have created as a civilization. So we're like, all right, lady, you're speaking our love language. Let's freaking do it. And so T-Pain comes out to the ranch. And I guess the first thing that really blew me away was his posse. Oh, it was strong. It was, he, he rolled up with like friends. Like everyone. Like, I mean, it was fucking, I don't even know who was who, but I'm sure multiple, maybe at least one of them was his girlfriend. I, I thought he tried to make it clear that he definitely had like one that was the primary, but then everybody else was still his. Yeah. It was, he was like a dominant breeding bison. Yeah. He was. <laughs> and, and I do remember like when he saw our bison, like one of the first things he asked was like, not, wow, this is so special. This is amazing. This is so like beautiful. Tell me all about the history of these animals. He was like, how, how many girls, how, how many does that one bull get to breed? <laughs> and we were like, you know, I don't know. It's like maybe this year he'll probably be in charge of like 30 cows. And he was so impressed. He was like, yep, that's how we do it. And. Atlanta? Atlanta, I think. Yeah, he's like, that's the girl to guy ratio in Atlanta. And and so he like bonded immediately with the bison bulls. <laughs> but the thing about T-Pain's visit was he had like his own travel trailer, which was just his like special private space. And they started very early in the morning. And um, I don't know, it's like maybe like 730 in the morning, like first light. And the dude was absolutely wasted. At 730 in the morning, mm -hmm. like incoherent, like he couldn't string together two sentences. Yeah. And we were like, oh, my God, we have to hang out with this guy all day long. So fun. And all he wants to talk about is banging bitches and hooking up with tons of hotties. <laughs> and um, it was a lot to handle because that day got stretched out, but it was just like crazy. There was two things that stuck out. But one thing like when his producer who was legit would be like, hey, like he wasn't even coming up with his own words. Like we would talk. He would ask us a question and then we would talk and then his producer would tell T-Pain what to say. <laughs> and then sometimes he would kind of say it. Sometimes he wouldn't even say it. Yeah. It was like truly like the magic of post editing. Yeah. For sure. Because I saw a show that he did and it, it came together like he was there, um, intact. Yeah. yeah. But he was <laughs> far from it in this state. And so we were out out all day. Every I'd say every 45 minutes he needed he needed to take a break. He was he was kind of a diva. Well, he needed to go get high. He didn't like bugs. No. He had white shoes on. For sure. He was sweating and he was kind of pissed off about it. <laughs> and uh, he probably thought we were just some like country Bumpkin rednecks. I think the weirdest thing about having any celebrity type out is it's just so awkward because I don't give a shit about their whatever, their posse, their status, their whatever. And I feel like they like need the 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 praise, the validation, the the ooing and awing to like, I don't know. 
and it's and I'm and I really struggle with like pretending too. And so like when I try to pretend like, oh yeah, I'm in love with the strippers, my favorite song. It's so fucking obvious that I that I can't stand him. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard uh, too because a lot of the celebrities that we've met, I'm the same way. I don't give a shit. I don't know any actor or actresses' names or anything about pop culture music. But it's really annoying to me that anytime we've met someone who is some type of celebrity, like you introduce yourself because that's the polite thing to do. You shake your hand and you're always like, hi, my name is. But nine out of 10 times, these mofos don't even say their name. They're like, you know me, obviously. Yeah, I don't even have to. You know everything about me. That pisses me off. And then the other thing that pisses me off about celebrities is they're in like such a unique position to actually inspire and to have um, a project that invokes passion or something that could actually make the planet a better, more harmonious place. But most of the time they just want to hang out with strippers. Titty. That's fucked up. <laughs> I just feel like it's like a wasted opportunity. Yeah. I, I don't want to be famous, but if I was famous, I would be up on stage advocating for regenerative agriculture, for soil health, for really intact food systems. Well, good for you. Yeah. But then no one would care about me and I'd become irrelevant. <laughs> um, so the other, okay. The other thing about T-Pain, this was so annoying, but it was actually like, I guess it had rained, which never happens anymore, mm-hmm. but everything was very wet and very muddy and his van. Oh my God. I forgot. Got stuck in the fucking mud. And he was just kind of like him and his crew were in the van and while we're pushing it out of the yeah, mud. I felt like we were like the peasants, like the servants. And we we got out in the mud. We're like fucking pushing this van. And T-Pain's just sitting there getting high. Smoking. <laughs> <laughs> just like pissed off that he's stuck in the mud. And it's like, get your ass out. You're fucking heavy. Yeah. Like you're adding crew. like 300 pounds to this van. I mean, it, yeah, definitely. The, the weight of the van was the people inside the van. Yeah. To say it nicely. And the funny thing is those ruts are still. They're huge. They're by the pigs. Yeah. I fucking hit them. Like every time I go check on the pigs. Piss me off. I almost get like whiplash in my neck. You think about T-Pain every time? Yeah. I think about T-Pain just sitting there in the mud, smoking (laughs) weed while we were working so hard to get him out of there. So the whole thing was ridiculous. I feel like we were so traumatized by it. I never even watched that damn episode. Oh, I, I will never watch it. No way. That's crazy. <laughs> we were on like. I'm uh, so embarrassed. Yeah. We were on TMZ, like showing the ranch, opening our heart to T-Pain and how awkward he was and how on drugs he was. Didn't you try to serve him tenderloin at the game? Yeah. Because someone told him like he. Okay. T-Pain, like his BMI might be a little off. Uh. <laughs> in the wrong direction. He'd probably been eating like the USDA food pyramid. Um, and so someone, some, someone told him uh, to stop eating meat. And so like at the very end of the episode. Oh, now it's coming back. We cooked him some badass meat. Cause he was like, we were like, here's the, here's the take home message. You can eat regenerative meat and you can fight climate change. You can fix the water cycle and the nutrient cycle. And you can build these biodiverse ecosystems and like all these amazing things happen and at the same time you can nourish your body in like the highest form with the most delicious food and we're like check this shit out we're gonna cook for you and 
I don't think, I think he like put some tenderloin in his mouth for the camera, but then he spit it out. <laughs> it's like too many calories. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. I think maybe he was fasting or something. I love how he fasts, but he's also totally fine with drinking like bottles of liquor. Bottles of liquor. But his, his fasting. Yeah. His, that, that, that story is just like what you see on TV. Hopefully you're not watching TV or too much Netflix and chilling, but what like the amount of production that goes into that in the editing it's like these some of these people uh have no business being um a public facing figure because they might just be making people stupid i don't know he's got some hits he's a talented musician that auto tune that is i love it the game but um that's that was that was that story who would have thought if T-Pain wanted to come back, I just think I would, um, if T-Pain called me right now, I would, I would block his call. You'd block it. Yeah. If I knew his phone number. Uh, are we going to tell the story about the, uh, famous soil scientist? I don't think so. Unless you want to. I thought you said uh, that one was maybe too rude. I think she was rude. Yeah. But you said there was no f- nice way to tell that story without just being a jerk. We can maybe just use some. I can fake pseudonym names. We don't have to say any name. Okay. Katie pulled a name from the hat. Tim Kennedy. (laughs) Tim Kennedy. uh, Tim Fred Kennedy for Wikipedia. Hmm. So Tim Kennedy. It's not Timothy. Maybe it's Timothy. Um, For those of you who don't know, he's got uh, quite the, um, the list of things. He's a very eclectic person, but I'd say he is a retired mixed no, MMA artist. He fought professionally in the UFC. Do you know what MMA means? Mixed martial arts. Oh, wow. I'm surprised you knew that. Um, he is currently, he was previously a soldier. He's still somehow maybe involved in um, army type missions, probably top secret ones. It, I get a, a vibe from him. Uh, he was a special forces sniper in the army. He has been in film and TV. He was the host of the History Channel's show called Hunting Hitler, as well as a Discovery Channel show called Harder to Kill or Hard to Kill, um, where he attempted to survive a day in the life of some of the most dangerous jobs. And believe it or not, well, I'm looking at a Tim Kennedy book that I bought Katie for like Christmas last year and she hasn't even read it. But I have a large stack. He's super patriotic. He's super manly. He loves America. Scars and stripes is what it's called. I can't wait to read it. Just give me a second. Yeah. He he's a total badass. Yeah, like one of the most super badasses of all times. Like like his brain is different. Yeah, like he like he's retired responses is maybe non existent. He I mean, he by all means could be he he even started a school. That's pretty badass. He's like, fuck the conventional public education system. I'm going to start my own school, which teaches children how to be heroes. It's awesome. I'm down with that. Um, But the thing that I really admire about him, I mean, he's like lived such an incredible life. He's super successful, um, but he still is giving back and he has all these nonprofits. And I mean, like he was even like going over to Afghanistan by himself, helping to save allies, bring them back. Because a lot of people, unfortunately, were just kind of left without the support of any kind of government to help extract them. And so they were in danger of being killed. These were people who had helped out American intelligence 
efforts or who worked for American um, companies and and they were for sure going to be targets. And so he actually, under his own time, went back to extract people across military lines. Yeah, he's a badass. He's fucking nuts. And so, Tim, I guess there's kind of two stories that really uh, come to mind. But Tim came out to one of our turkey harvests, maybe the first year. And we didn't even know who he was. Right. But I could tell he was like. You were like, you're somebody. I could tell (laughs) he knew how to. I could tell by the size of your pants. I could tell he knew how to kill people in a lot of different ways. Yeah. I mean, he holds himself a lot lot differently than other people do. I think he was the first person to ever show up to a public tour with a gun. Um, A a non-concealed weapon. Um, And so in this this turkey harvest, like we didn't know who he was. And and back then at our first couple turkey, the first year we were like really hands off. Like we, we were very avoidant. Like we didn't know what to expect. And so we were very conservative. We didn't let people kill their own turkeys. Tim was like so pissed off that we wouldn't let him kill his own turkey. Did we not let him? No. Cause I mean, we were just like, Hey, it's kind of dangerous to hold the bolt stunner. Um, and he was just He's like, like, you gotta be fucking kidding I've me. I've killed so many people and you won't <laughs> let me kill a turkey. <laughs> He was so mad. But then the other funny thing was like um, after we killed his turkey and then he butchered it, you know, with his family and his kid and his wife, uh, we, we did a little ranch tour and um, there was like room inside the the mule. It's a Kawasaki mule. It's a ranch vehicle, four by four, small four by four. And Tim elected to ride out of it like he was hanging out of a helicopter window <laughs> with a machine gun. <laughs> That was amazing. I loved that. And we were like, hey, you don't have to, man, just come on in the mule. He's like, no, I'm comfortable this way. He's just like hanging out with one arm. It's like Zach Bush, like really connecting with the environment. Like he is like, I feel like when Tim is like in something, he's like all in. He's he's like, I'm not just going to ride in here. I'm going to ride off of this thing. Yeah. And I, I honestly feel like after we got to know him a little bit better, that what he was probably hoping for, like he was manifesting this to happen. I think when we were doing the ranch tour. He wanted to see a pack of wild pigs totally. attack everyone. <laughs> and he was like fucking ready to shoot all of them in the head. For sure. Off the side of the mule while it was moving. Mm-hmm. Like save the day. <laughs> He's that kind of guy. He's like a real life superhero. And so um, so, so that was when we first met him. And now we've become friends with him. And he's come out to the ranch a bunch of different times. And of course, it's like an army ranger sniper. That's like he's an unbelievable shot. If I had to pick someone to shoot me. Um, like at a firing squad, I would I'd pick Tim for sure. Oh, I've never thought of that as a potential way of dying, but like I wouldn't pick you to shoot me. What does that mean? Because it would probably hurt. <laughs> <laughs> You'd probably shoot me in the knee. No, the fuck, dude. <laughs> Not if I practiced. Tim would Tim would just be like drinking coffee. It's because he practices. He practices every day. Um, and so this, so like, okay, so we had Tim come out to do a bison field harvest and this was a community event. And, um, we just thought it'd be really fun to invite Tim out to be the shooter one time because he, he had kind of offered it up. He wanted to be more involved with the ranch and do some things out here. So we asked him to come out to do the bison harvest. And whenever we were giving him like the lay of the land, how the event's going to work, how a shot's going to be placed. Like before we could even get there, he was just like, I can shoot this thing from a mile away and I can put that bullet (laughs) to a millimeter where you want me to put it. (laughs) 
And, and he probably could have. He could have. But we were like, hey, man, um, I hate to break it, but you're going to be shooting this thing at like uh, 25 yards away. Yeah. And he was like, oh, this is fucking dumb. I think it was harder for him to do it that close. Yeah. Not like it was hard for him, but um, but I mean, his rifle that he came out with was just this unbelievable military sniper rifle. I mean, this thing could have shot the bison at a mile and he was probably ready. And the thing that was really impressive was he was able to go out there um, and make the adjustment, the correct, the correcting of all of his equipment to shoot that animal in like 25 yards. Yeah. When he is prepared to shoot it at a mile. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Like that's fucking nuts because like if you look through a scope and you're shooting a bullet at a mile, I mean, that thing might drop a hundred feet by the time it hits its target. And so he was adjusted to, to a site, to a range that was nowhere near. So if he would have come up to that bison and shot it at, like at 25 yards, the bullet would have gone over the bison's head, mm-hmm. but he, he, he got it done. He knocked that animal out and then he talked about it, which was like the most incredible part. Mm-hmm. He kept saying like, what happened was that bullet had the power of a freight train. It just hit that animal in the head. Instant lights out. What's the lesson here? The lesson <clears throat> is that the lights are not out. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's an expansion of light. The light gets brighter as that animal's soul is released from its body. Okay. And um, I don't know. Tim's a hilarious guy. Super intense guy. Definitely a dude I would not want to fight, but definitely a guy I would want to come out to the ranch in the zombie apocalypse. For sure. He can join us for that. Okay, so here's the last. I like how you uh, made your hat go back. I shook the last name in the hat. Shook it, Brad Leone. Brad Leone. I feel like some people call him Brad Leone. Well, whatever. But he is an American chef. Oh, American! Ooh, isn't that American name Brad? But maybe the Leone has to specify because it kind of sounds like Italian Uh, and a YouTube personality. He is most famous for um, his work with Bon Appetit. He was the host of a show called It's Alive with Brad. And then um, a second show called It's Alive Go in Places where Brad is like this chef, this amazing culinary mind who really focuses on the microbial food communities and the cultures, like all things fermentation like that. That's what he loves. And um it's unreal how popular this guy was. I think when he reached out, never heard of Brad Leone. Um, we watched one of his YouTube videos and he was like so funny and so entertaining to watch. And like each of these videos had like millions of views. And I'd say out of everyone that's ever been out to the ranch, what he filmed for his TV show, we still have people coming out to the ranch today. I also have never seen it. And they're all millennials. Really? Yeah, they're all so young. Oh, interesting. He, I think he was born in like 1985. So he he's he's a millennial for sure, but he's like speaks the juice of the millennial culture. Yeah. Anyways, his shows are really entertaining, but he came out to the ranch to shoot um, a feature about regenerative ag, soil health, bison for his It's Alive um, series. And like, I remember you didn't even want to be involved in that day. I, you know, I do. Again, I just don't care about celebrities i just feel so awkward like i feel like i'm expected to be like praising them like they're false prophets you don't have to praise anybody they probably just want to be like uh normal real people no they don't well definitely not t-pain but brad for sure brad for sure but not 
And Tim for sure. Tim, Tim. And Zach Bush. And what do you wear? Like, what are you supposed to? You're like, what the fuck am I going to wear today? To meet Brad Leone? <laughs> to meet Just, any of these people. You're, I'm, I, well, all my clothes suck. No, and don't then, even go there. <laughs> I don't want Scott to hear this. No. <laughs> oh. Anyways, you just anyway. didn't want to be involved. Katie hates being on camera, I think, more than anything. I just don't like that. Even this, like, it's forever. Yeah, but no one's looking at you. Um, well, no, it's not that. It's what you say. And then, like, fucking Joe Rogan getting shit for something he said, like, 27 years ago or whatever. Like, people are just mean and awful. Well. Like, anyway. Yeah, but. I think there we're right at the threshold of becoming to a point in our life where we don't give a shit. And I think some ways that's like a, a sign of being successful. Not giving a shit. Mm hmm. So like if someone said something mean, which they have said something mean about me before and you. No, not you. You're it's perfect. like whatever. I don't care. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Don't piss me off. Or I'm going to tell Tim Kennedy to shoot you. <laughs> like there's a long list of people that don't like me but anyway um brad yeah so katie didn't want to be involved rude and so i recruited robbie did you uh-huh oh okay casparis came out to the ranch and he was kind of like um he was my katie brad was Except like are not. these guys partners are they lovers <laughs> i thought i was hanging out with a couple but okay and so robbie was there because you know he owns some bison out here and he also uh, as a the co-founder of Force of Nature and all that good stuff. And so we, uh, Robbie and I, like early morning, we're out there. And um, the first goofy thing that happened that day was the cameraman. Uh, he was flying a drone and he was kind of like a hotshot. Like he thought he was super cool, like flying his drone and doing like really extreme angles around the bison. There was this group of axis deer. And he was just like, this is National Geographic type stuff. I'm so cool. So he's flying his drone. And then it started running low on batteries, so he had to call it home. And instead of just landing the drone on the ground, he tried to catch the drone in the air. But if you've ever seen a drone, there's usually four helicopter blades that are spinning at like a thousand spins a minute or maybe even a second. It's like a hummingbird wing. And one of those little blades nicked his finger. And so like I watched him catch it and it nicked his finger and he dropped it and he was kind of embarrassed. And then he looked, he picked up the drone off the ground and when he held it in his hand, he saw that his fingertip was a little bloody and it wasn't like I cut my finger off. I, I, I need stitches. It was like a paper cut, but it was bleeding because his blood was thin because he's probably like really hydrated and on coffee and he saw his blood and he immediately eyes rolled back and he fainted <laughs> at like eight o'clock in the morning and where he fainted was in, um, oh. Sticker Burland. Yeah, the field that the bison are in right now, but four years ago. And he, like, what, like, do you know that little thing that has all the spikes that you're supposed to lay down on and it's like therapeutic or stand on? <laughs> yeah. It's like Chinese uh -huh. pad. <laughs> Feels horrible, but also good. Oh. When he got up after fainting, he had uh, thousands of sticker burrs or sand burrs, <sighs> needles in his back. How'd y'all get him out? I mean, it took a damn 30 minutes. Oh, no. And it was like everyone was so barbed in there. And the poor guy. I, I'm surprised he didn't faint again. But that was the first time that's ever happened to him, supposedly. Okay. 
But uh, so moral of the story is don't be a hotshot when you're landing your drone. Just land it on the damn ground like the instructions say to do. And if you see blood, oh, well, how do, you, how do people faint when they see blood? I get it. if like someone's head gets chopped off and like blood <laughs> squirting out of their arteries. But what I don't get like a pricking your finger makes you want to faint. I don't know. Where in human evolution does that serve any benefit? It doesn't, but the humans are outside of the realm of natural order at this point. Because that person would have been eaten alive. Yeah. If they would have fainted to see in their own blood, a lion would have eaten them. Bye bye. I feel see like you later. if you like that's a, maybe even a question you just want to get out of the way on, the, on a first date with someone. Especially yeah. if you want to have a family. Do you, will you are you able to handle my labor? Y- yeah. There's or like, gonna be a lot of fluid. If your infant child Throws up. Needs something. Has a scraped knee. Are you going to faint and be a baby? Yeah. Or and not provide for your family? Yeah, you're not. Not be a protector. You're not fit. Not um, fit for service. For sure. So that was the first just really weird thing about that day. And then we just kind of got in the groove of the filming and we're doing all this cool stuff and we start moving the bison. That was one of the things we did. We moved them to a different pasture to kind of demonstrate the high, high density grazing and the frequent moving of animals. And... We, we baited the bison with a bag of alfalfa. We still do that sometimes, which is like um, a sweet um, clover. And, and there's like some molasses and there's a binder. And they're generally pretty yummy and the bison go absolutely nuts for them. And so we had a bag of those that we were shaking out and getting the bison through the gate. And afterwards, um, Brad was like, oh, man, this would be so funny for my for my show if like I eat one of these. But we had used all the alfalfa for the shoot. So so um, our ranch uh, hand at the time went back to the barn to go get more pellets. And he gave Brad <laughs> a fucking medicated cube. <laughs> like this is like four years ago. And it was basically a medicated cube is something if uh, it was formulated for our animals, because at that point in time, Highly degraded land, highly degraded resources. The animals couldn't get the nutrition they needed from the diversity of plant species. And so parasites was a major concern and a major issue. And so like three times a year, we had to deworm them. God, that's so much. When when you look back, it was horrible. Holy fuck. And now we don't deworm our animals. Uh, We we do it once a year, which is really, really awesome. I never thought we'd be able to get there. Hopefully we don't ever have to do it ever again. But we, Brad got dewormed that day. (laughs) and he didn't know and i don't think any of us knew and then when he was doing it i remember watching him like oh wait that's not an alfalfa cube do i say something (laughs) but it was already in his belly oh no and so i knew he wasn't gonna die but if he had any parasites which he probably did have a lot of parasites yeah he probably actually like that was probably beneficial to him we should have asked him how he felt afterwards he probably felt like a million bucks he's probably yeah like doing superhuman things right now for sure. He probably didn't get COVID. <laughs> Definitely. It might have even been ivermectin that he ate. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Back four years ago. I mean, truly. Yeah. So um, so I guess maybe the moral of that story is just like if you're going to go out to a ranch and you want to do something funny. Read the ingredient label. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or not. Or whatever. Or just do it. He's feeling great now. Yeah. I mean. If you're going to nuke your microbiome, you do that when you take antibiotics. So you might as well. Which you shouldn't be taking antibiotics the more that you recognize the value of your own microbiome 
and its implications on your long-term health. But if you need to save some money, maybe that's the story. If it's in the apocalypse and there's a shortage of drugs and you have an infection or you have worms, worms. You, can, you can eat some bison cubes that have been medicated. Totally. He liked it. Yeah, it was. And then I looked at the ingredients and it was still sweetened with molasses. <laughs> but for a guy who's like his whole thing was about uh, celebrating the microbial food communities and fermentation and cultures, um, we basically nuked his whole microbiome. Mm. Poor guy. But um, OK, so so that's that. So there was one lady that you kind of wanted to talk about that we said we weren't going to talk about. I don't care. She was the worst. We had this one. We we used to be friends with this. Uh, we used to be friends with this NRCS guy. His name is Nathan. He's so, super nice. And uh, one time he contacted us and was like, hey, this soil scientist, blah, 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 is going to be in town. And I really want to bring her by and show her what you guys are doing. And she has all these fucking dietary restrictions. She only eats kangaroo. Apparently. Well, okay, hold on. She wasn't just a soil scientist. She was like an internationally recognized thought leader. Yeah. In she, soil health. She's written all the things. Like like unbelievable amounts of research. Yeah. She's like one of the most heavily referenced researchers. We're gonna we're gonna hide her name. But I think she was Australian. Was she Australian or am I making that up? Well, I think that might give away who she is. It wasn't Nicole Masters. She's from New Zealand, but she kind of sounds Australian. I wasn't thinking it was Nicole Masters. Okay. Anyway. Um, so anyway, so he's like, I want to bring her out. And we were like, uh, okay, great. We will accommodate. And he's like, well, let's make her some lunch and da, da, da. So anyway, so we go to all this trouble and make this lunch. You know, she wasn't eating only kangaroo, but she, her food diet, dietary restrictions were pretty heavy. You know, I think she was on like the AIP diet and she couldn't have certain spices and she only ate this type of maple or whatever. Right. And fine. We, I, I, I am inconvenient to cook for. And so I was fine with it. But we also had... How old was Scout at the time? She was probably like three. And so um, at our table, we had to move Scout's stuff off of her, you know, her little booster chair. And of course there were like crumbs and shit. It was like a kid's spot. So we move all this stuff around and clean it all up and da, 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 da. Anyway, so she gets her plate, which she didn't, was super not appreciative about in the first place. Like, holy shit, you went to all this trouble and made me this incredible meal. And then she gets to the table and she like, I, I don't think words could ever do it justice. I feel like it's the way that she looked at me and she looked at the seat and was just in pure disgust. She was so pissed that there were like kid crumbs on her seat and she like went out of her way to like wipe it off dramatically instead of like scoot, scoot, scoot. It was like, Ugh. and I don't know. Terrible story. No, it was rude. I remember that. It was that. so rude. I was like, I can't even sit and have lunch with this person anymore. Yeah, she. it was like actually um, almost like hateful how she did it. Yeah. Like, I think she hated kids. For sure. Because she's a soil scientist. So like, how could you be a soil scientist and like going out in nature and getting dirty, probably kicking around cow poop and looking at dung beetles. And then you're disgusted by some like cracker crumbs and seaweed. What the fuck? I know. 
Um, so that 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 lady, you know, and she was like not necessarily a celebrity. She was famous, but she honestly, if we're gonna talk about like famous people sucking for the most part, she sucked the hardest. She had the biggest, she was the biggest diva out of everyone. Big diva. And I remember at the very end when she left, I was like, hey, can we take a picture with you? And you remember she was like, oh, oh, that was so rude too. Abs- yeah. She was like, absolutely not. I'm not going to take a picture with you because, or no, she said, how are you going to use this photo? And I was like, I don't know. Probably just like post it on Instagram or something. She was like, absolutely not. I'm not okay with you using my face and my name to sell your products. Yeah. It's like, what are you like, talking what about? Products? Lady? What are you talking about? You're insane. <laughs> You're absolutely insane. You definitely couldn't sell our products. And yeah, yeah, if we were like, this lady eats our products, people probably wouldn't eat our products. For sure. It'd backfire. <laughs> anyway, she's the only person I feel okay talking about. Yeah. Everybody else, I'm like, ah, thank you for your time. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you're not going to get to know her name, but. I mean, there's, well, yeah, and who cares? It kind of, it kind of sounds like Tristan Don't. Bones. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It kind of rhymes with that. Yeah, sure. Um, anyway, you know, if we picked, I don't know, five people to tell silly stories about. There are just so many more. There's so many more. There's so many more. That was just the a snippet. We've had a lot of really interesting, amazing people visit us out at the ranch to learn more. Yeah. Some really inspiring people. I feel sad that we haven't taken pictures with a lot of these people. I know. The only person we ever took a picture with was fucking T-Pain. <laughs> <laughs> and it was only for Tiny Beans. I was like, I got to put this on I Tiny know. Beans. Let's get Scout in here. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd encourage you. Uh, I did watch the Bradley Own episode of him coming out to Rome Ranch, and that was a good one. Um, T-Pain, I haven't watched that. So maybe you can watch it and tell us what you think. But otherwise, I think we're pretty much wrapped up here because Katie is losing interest. No, I'm not. Yeah. She probably wants to go juice. What the fuck? <laughs> or knit. Taylor. Or make bread. I'm going to go pump. Okay. Pump iron. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, until next time. Yep. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. Well. I know this episode was a little different than what you've come to expect on this podcast, but the point was to make something lighthearted and fun. So if you are feeling inspired to relive our trauma with T-Pain, I challenge you to watch the episode of T-Pain School of Business where he came out to the ranch to learn about bison and soil health. I will never watch that video. I refuse because... All I can think about is T-Pain breeding 30 to 1, 30 cows to one bull. That's his breeding ratio. And it's just too much for me to wrap my head around. And now to read an actual review from our Apple podcast. I love doing this because they just make me feel so alive. This one is titled Podcast Tour de Force. It says five stars. Taylor and his team offer incredible lived insights about their journey in regenerative ag. Paradigms are challenged, lessons are learned, and laughs are shared along the way. 
a must listen every time a new episode is dropped. Make sure to add it to your rotation. P.S. Taylor, give us a shout out. C90. We'd love to partner together. So I was curious, what is C-90? And I looked it up and it's pretty badass. They make all types of really cool mineral and trace element products for livestock as well as for land. So hell yeah, man. Thank you for the review. One more thing. Lastly, while Katie and I are typically annoyed and our life forces are depleted by celebrities, influencers, famous people, whatever you want to call them, we are always brought back to life by people like you. People who have purpose, values, people that believe that a beautiful future is possible. And we thank you for listening and we thank you for inspiring us. The value of community is so incredibly powerful and we are blessed to be amongst so many kind, inspiring people. So until next time, have a beautiful day.